Welcome to Art Talk Live. I'm your host, Julia Noyes, from the Noyes Art Gallery. I'm interviewing artists for your listening pleasure. Haven't you ever wondered why artists do what they do or what inspires them? So here we are, live, to give you the inside scoop. Welcome to Art Talk Live. This is Lynette Fast back in the studio again to introduce you to artists, hear about art, talk about why we do art, what is art, why buy art, all that stuff. Um, You know, a particular uh, work of art can bring the beauty or the mystery to us and have a very powerful effect. I, I hope that you'll consider taking a look at some art and expanding your mindset and slowing down. Um, Maybe it would change your perspective or even raise your spirits. Uh, At at this time in my life, I'm very piqued by the curiosity that art can bring me and and the memories. Um, You know, one of my recent interviews with Karen Thurlow uh, took me down kind of the whole childhood, a long time ago way of uh, thinking about becoming an artist. And in contrast to that, today, uh, Dana Clemens is with me, who is a newer artist in the art world, and breaking out and pushing her career forward, and, you know, in that college age, and um, finding that direction through these times of becoming an artist. So I'm very excited for you to hear about Dana and her work. And as members of Noise Art Gallery, we share a lot of uh, business items, I guess you might say, in common. We we tend to work together on different projects. And um, so we'll be sharing some of those with you today, too. Uh, This is Lynette Fast, and welcome to Art Talk Live. We are so grateful for KZUM and uh, taking us on as a podcast partner so that we can bring you these live interviews about artists, what artists do about their life, and how to become an artist. Um, You know, there's not a certain way. You have to find your own path, which um, I think is kind of the story of life anyway. So let's hear about that. Do remember to save the date of September 9th. Uh, One of the big projects that Dana and I are working on right now is uh, the planning committee for Art in the Garden. And that's coming up in the Sunken Gardens where we'll have up to 50 artists displaying their work on September 9th. Well, welcome, Dana. Hi. I'm (laughs) excited to be here. Yes, yes. You know, we were just talking about saving that September 9th date. Um, and I know you are the uh, registrar for the artists, I guess you would call it. You're getting people to sign up to be a part of Art in the Garden. Where are we at with that now? Yeah, well, so far our map for the garden is about half full. We've got a whole bunch of artists already signed up and getting excited. We're all making our artwork and getting ready and building up our inventory so that we have plenty of things to share with the public the day of and we're in full planning swing it feels like it's 
quite a while until fall, but it'll be here before you know it. Oh, yeah. It does go fast. It does indeed. Well, thank you for your work for on Art in the Garden. Um, it is a big commitment, and it is the business end of making an art event happen. So uh, you have jumped straight in, feet first, full speed ahead, into Noise Art Gallery. But first, I want you to go back to whenever it was, what it was like, that you first remembered, oh my gosh, I think I'm an artist. Oh gosh, well, this sounds maybe a bit cliche, but it's really been for as long as I can remember that I've loved making art. I've loved being creative. Um, I remember even as early as when I was six or seven years old, um, I was taking art lessons with an art teacher from LPS and I was really lucky to have mentors along the way that have really nourished my um, artistic abilities and have really encouraged me. Um, but I really didn't start thinking of myself as an artist until I was maybe 18 or 19 years old. So it's been a few years now. Um, it's It was an interesting switch from thinking of it as a hobby to thinking of it as my main gig. It's my career now, like Lynette was saying earlier. So many artists talk about how they were always interested as a child and involved. You you said, an, I think, a very appropriate word. We call it a hobby. And we don't think of ourselves as an artist as a child. It's just something that's kind of natural that you like to do. And then, then you go, oh, wait a minute. Um, they want to buy my art. Do you remember that moment? I do, actually. I remember the first time I sold an art piece. It was for $40. It was a linoleum print of a meadowlark sitting on a fence in the prairie. And I remember that my mom and I went out for dinner to celebrate because <laughs> I was just so thrilled that someone wanted to take my art home and put it in their house and they were willing to pay money for it. And that was just so cool to me. Uh-huh. Isn't, isn't that a special thing to let your art go? It is. It yeah. is. It's, it was kind of hard to get into that mindset because it feels mm -hmm. like such a personal almost a piece of yourself that you're mm -hmm. putting out into the world, but it's so rewarding and it's so worth it to see the joy that it can bring other people just like it brings joy to me. Yes. Yes. And, and then you know that that piece is living on and, and it's a part of somebody else's life. It has meaning to them. And it, it's like your piece of your life is meaningful to them. So um, a very cool connection to other people to sell your art. Uh, well, then let's move on here. Now your art is quite a bit different from a linoleum print of a meadowlark sitting on a fence, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It has changed quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, what kinds of materials and uh, things do you use now? Nowadays, I like to paint. I'm mostly a painter. I use alcohol inks, I use acrylics, uh, occasionally I'll get my watercolors out. Um, I love to incorporate mixed media elements as well, so pom-poms, rhinestones, glitter, um, any, any fun object that piques my interest I'll consider adding to my work. And it's 
really become a more fantastical expression as well. It's less realistic these days. Fantasy, for sure. Yes. Yeah. And your subjects tend to go into, well, insects, underwater creatures, um, birds, kind of. (laughs) (laughs) People-ish looking. You almost humanize some of those creatures. Mm -hmm. I, I like to think of an animal or a plant, maybe, and look at its features. So maybe it has interesting eyes or it has funny legs like a bird has funny legs and I'll kind of exaggerate those features or um, mix things together like I drew a bird with bunny ears one time just fun things like that that are definitely inspired by nature and rooted in my interest and my love for nature Um, but adding my own kind of funky spin on it. Okay, funky spin. I have a little story that I know about you because <laughs> you've told me. But, oh, and this is a very dear story about Dana and her dad. One night he came home from work, and this is like midnight, I think, or I, I can't, you'll have to tell the details. And she had rhinestones like attached all over her face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell us about your rhinestone skin. Uh, it was, oh, it was googly eyes. Googly eyes, yeah. Which is a little more scary to think about, but, (laughs) um, what happened was that I had seen a picture of someone else who did it with rhinestones, and I thought, hmm, wouldn't that be funny if I did that with googly eyes? And I was, I don't know, maybe 17, 16 at the time, Mm -hmm. just looking for something to do on an evening, and... It was quite late, like Lynette said, so here I was, I glued all these googly eyes to my face, and I thought, well, I'd better take some pictures before uh, I take all of them off, because I did all this work, I don't want to just not have anything to show for it. An art happening. Of course, yeah. (laughs) So I was trying to take pictures of myself, and it wasn't going very well. I was struggling with the lighting, I was struggling... To hold the phone up, because it's hard to take pictures of yourself unless you have a tripod. Um, and my dad got home from work. He worked odd hours, so it was probably 11 or 12 or maybe even 1 in the morning at this point. And he walked into my room. And of course he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but immediately he was like, are you trying to take pictures? And I said, yeah. And he said do you want some help? <laughs> so yes, I have this wonderful memory of my dad um, and I loading up in his convertible and driving out to a country road where there wasn't anyone and him taking pictures of me sitting in his convertible wearing a bed sheet and a face full of googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, to me that is such a connection and true description of your artwork <laughs> that when you look at Dana's art, you're surprised. You just you, you don't know what you're going to find and expect out of it. However, every piece has that same kind of result. And so you just you really have to just see Dana's work. It is it's bizarre, it's fantasy. 
it's humorous, it's silly, um, it's playful, uh, uh, the color and the creatures, the subject, the way it's all laid out, it just communicates fun and laughter. And uh, as you can tell, that's an important part of Dana's life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, this is Lynette Fast, and you're listening to Art Talk Live. We are so grateful for our KZUM partnership uh, with the podcast partners with KZUM. And we hope that you'll continue to come back and join us or stop into the Noise Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street. We're open Tuesdays through Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on first and third Fridays, we extend those hours to 8.30 p.m. So please come in, meet the artists. We have about 125 artists represented all the time. Coming up on our next first Friday in May, we have eight artists who are going to be live stream streaming on our Facebook page at 7 p.m. Many of these are uh, Noya's artists with a few guests. And so uh, you can see jewelry, you can see painting, uh, you can see assemblage boxes, uh, you can see some large-scale sculpture. Um, in fact, Susan Woodford was a member here before, and is kind of doing her debut back to the gallery after uh, a little hiatus away. So we're very excited to um, see her come back into the gallery. Um, please come by Noya's Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street. Well, let's continue here with Art Talk Live and the kinds of things that Dana does. So, um, yeah, not only does she put uh, googly eyes on her face, <laughs> but uh, how do you get your creative ideas? What are your references and your sources for these thoughts? Well, like I had briefly mentioned earlier, I just love nature. Um, I grew up playing outside almost every day when it was nice out. My mom would take me on nature walks and teach me about all the different birds and different plants. So it's really just a big part of who I am, I think, is my love for the outdoors. And I started my art career, I guess you could say, um, really interested in scientific illustration. So I was doing very realistic drawings of plants and animals, and that was fun. But there came a point when I felt like I wanted to start expressing some of my own ideas and not following a photo reference exactly, necessarily. So nowadays, I will think about funny looking creatures that maybe a lot of people don't know exist. So for example, deep sea fish or different frogs or insects. I don't do a lot of cute, fuzzy, you know, cats and dogs, things like that. Uh, I'm more into the creatures that people might not necessarily think of making a painting of. And I, I do a lot of sketching, so the finished product isn't always the first idea that I have. Uh, I also kind of have a bank of characters in my mind that I find myself returning to. Like I have drawings of these little guys that I picture as plant bulbs and they bury themselves every every spring and or every fall and then they flower and go dormant and just fun things like that. 
hadn't heard that one before. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. Well, Dana is very open to explore and try different things. And uh, here at the gallery, we have a group of artists who really like um, black light and play with that in their work all the time. And, and you can come in and see uh, E's work and Amy's work. Um, I might be forgetting somebody. I'm sorry. But uh, they have put together a special show at Noise in April of this year, which um, would be a third Friday event. And um, that, you know, that's going to be, that's in the past right now. And so as Dana and I joined that group, we kind of got fired up about doing a big show. And so um, in October of 2023, uh, Dana and I are curating a UV light show. Tell us what you have found and the, the artists that you're planning to bring in for that show. Yeah, so um, I was initially struggling with how to incorporate the UV aspect into my work. Um, when it comes to painting, really the options are you can use neon colors or they're is special UV paint that looks transparent under normal lighting, but then under ultraviolet, ultraviolet light, it glows. So I was kind of playing with the idea of using that special, almost invisible ink-like paint. And it occurred to me there is a series of photographs that I had come across quite a while ago of flowers that I believe were taken under UV light. And the purpose of this project is to approximate what bees and other pollinators see when they look at a flower. So a daisy to us, for example, would look like a white flower with a yellow middle. Well, to a bee, that same flower might have crazy pink spots on it or might have a bright purple center, things that you would never think of. So I was looking at these photos of these flowers and it was kind of this realization of, well, I have this paint that is almost transformative in the fact that it looks different under different lighting. And these flowers also have that same kind of effect. So given that I already like to paint flowers and nature, I thought I would combine the two. And that was kind of my way into this UV realm. So now I've been playing with um, these flower paintings that almost look sparkly under the UV light. It's, mm. it's kind of magical to see it. Um, and so we're really excited to bring together a group of artists who will all have some sort of UV element in their work. Uh, we're looking at including a clothing designer. We have some artists who do both 2D and 3D work. Hopefully we'll have a really nice variety of people and we'll also have a nice variety of uh, ways that these artists have incorporated the UV techniques into their work uh, in a way that is unique to them. Mm-hmm. And huge variety. And we, we still really don't know as curators what the show will be yet. Mm -hmm. but And that's what's really kind of exciting about putting together a themed show like that um, you know, we take on a project like that so we can learn. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And putting together and curating a show means that we have to learn more and we have to be open to what other people think and can bring to the show and keeping our ears and our eyes open right now for people who want to scientifically look at UV and our world and, and how they can play with that idea in their artwork um, is, is fascinating to Dana and I. Uh, you know, we, we like to explore, we like to uh, just be open-minded and, and see what things can be. And it doesn't matter to us right now um, that we don't know. Uh, because we're in that creative phase, that creative cycle. Putting a show together is a lot like creating a painting. Mm -hmm. um, you are exploring, you're open to interpretation, uh, you know, you're just hearing and seeing, and then voila, <laughs> the aha, yeah, yeah. the aha hits. And so I, I think we're getting pretty close to some pretty good ahas now. And we're very excited for this October show. And really hope that uh, you'll come out and see us on um, October 1st, Friday. We're going to blacklight our entire focus room and have a huge display of many people's um, viewpoints and interpretations of what ultraviolet light does. Yeah. So um, that'll be pretty cool. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a fun event, too, because who doesn't like to walk into a room and literally glow <laughs> yeah yeah look at yourself in a new way yeah <laughs> i hope everybody wears funky clothes that night we'll have to encourage I that will be. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would be super fun well uh dana we have covered quite a few things about your work and what inspires you and your creative process uh, we know we can see your work at noise art gallery in october and all the time every day at Noise Art Gallery. Do you have more shows and things up your sleeve that you're planning for? Occasionally. Um, I'm a student at UNL, so sometimes I'm involved in events there. Uh, my main focus is really the noise, but I, I branch out sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, you'll be at Art in the Garden yes. September 9th, of I course. Yeah, you're on the committee, so obviously you'll be there. Yes. Um, and see what else comes up. Dana is very involved in the gallery. And I, I should mention that Dana and I are looking for a sponsor or a group of sponsors for a special project that we're planning in June. Um, we would like to bring together 100 children for 100 hours of art instruction. And we will complete all of that in one day painting 100 butterflies on our south wall of our outdoor space. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's a great way to um, involve the community in art and make it something that feels approachable and something that feels like it's accessible for everyone and really just have a great time and add some color to our our building and our community. Yeah. You know, every every kid who is involved in that mural will see their butterfly there their whole life, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> we we tend to install our art and it stays around yep. a long time. Yep. Yeah. That so, mural's not going anywhere. <laughs> a great way to be involved in our community. So um, thanks for joining Art Talk Live today, Dana. Yes, this was so fun. Good. Well, if you look forward to meeting Dana, come on down to Noise Art Gallery at 119 South 9th Street. 
Or if you would like to be one of those donors for that uh, piece that Dana and I want to do with children, 100 kids, 100 pieces of art, and we'll do it all in one day in, in June, call the gallery at 402-475-1061, and you can be a part of a, being a donor for yes. that project. The, yes, the goal is that there would be no cost to the kids who participate. Right. So it's a Thank free you. art experience for the summer. Yes. Wouldn't that be cool? All ages, uh, anybody under 18? Well, actually, let's say 5-year-old to 18-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> school, yeah. age. school age. School age would be good. So um, please join us again on Art Talk Live or go on the KZUM website at kzum.org forward slash Art Talk Live. And you can listen into over a hundred podcasts that are present there now and hear about the lives of artists and their work and uh, their path and journey to becoming what they call themselves as an artist. Uh, please come back and join us again. Thanks for coming in today. This is Julia Noyes from the Noyes Art Gallery, and this has been Art Talk Live. I want to especially thank Lila Cho for her original violin composition that she did special for us. Tune in again. We'll be looking for you.